Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. I recently switched hosting platforms, which gave me access to dynamic ads. As you may know, ads help me afford to deliver these spooky stories. I made a boo-boo on where the ads play, and it interrupted some of the stories in previous episodes. I have corrected these issues, and it shouldn't be happening again. I appreciate your feedback, as always, but now that we've gone over that, ready to get spooked? I've always been curious about lucid dreaming, and I've even wanted to give it a go myself, but my mom advised me not to do it for various reasons, like something would keep me trapped in this dream state, so I decided not to move forward with it since it freaked me out so much. Angie reached out to me on Twitter and then followed up with me via email to share her latest lucid dream with me. this dream about a week ago. I woke up sitting at a dark, heavy wooden table reading a tome. I wish I could tell you what it was. I looked around and books were on other tables, like a library. The books were being read, pages were turning, but I was completely alone. A librarian I couldn't see was filing books up high on a ladder. Tall, heavy wooden bookshelves full of books. It was a library in a huge Victorian-looking house. I can still see the decorative wallpaper and trim. So I actually thought, okay, I'm dreaming. I get it. This is a haunted house, and it's trying to scare me. I wanted to know where I was, and I didn't know how much time I had until my alarm went off, and I had to get my kids ready for school, for real, so... I put all my weight into opening the huge wooden decorative doors with huge handles, Then, I could see all the details. Once outside, I literally took off. I jumped up and flew forward. I live in Illinois, and it looked like an old Victorian house in the middle of a prairie. I saw cornfields, trees, the usual, but I was too low, so I said, higher, and I went higher. Here's where dream shit takes over for a second. I don't have control all of the time. Human head-sized skulls and bubbles started flying at me here and there as if to say, hey, we had a whole haunting thing going on and you're ruining it. I thought, no, not into it. Change into birds. So they changed to pelicans. We do not have those in much of rural Illinois, so not sure what that was about. I need to be more specific in my demands. Pretty sure I was flying south, which was funny because I am the worst at direction in reality. I saw traffic, bridges, construction, all in detail. I got sick of the pelicans and turned them into butterflies, and that was nice. They started flying with me instead of towards me. They were all pink. I came to what looked like a county fair. Cows, horses, carnival rides, and there were other people. So I landed and went to a stand, like a fruit stand, I guess. I remember lemons, but not lemonade. Anyway, I asked a woman with long blonde hair, what fair this was, and she talked to me but never would say where we were. A guy too at another stand, but this was a little bit more blurry. I could not get a location out of them. 
We definitely had a conversation, but I cannot remember a word, just that they managed to not tell me where we were. I noticed what looked like a high school across the street in the distance, a big red brick building with a wooden sign in front of it, but it was blocked by trees and a bench. No matter what angle I was at or how hard I tried to get around them, I could never see what the sign said. That's the bulk of what I remember. The first time I lucid dreamed, it was kind of a Mary Poppins thing, figuring out I could control mundane objects, make them fly around, make laundry fold itself. I don't mess with the real scary ones though. I scream my way out of those. I should work on it if I know it's a dream, but I'm not sure how I could. I can't go lucid whenever I want. I just realize I'm in a dream now and then don't leave. I've heard more podcasts bring up lucid dreaming lately. Is there a trend coming on? I'll have to read up on how to lucid dream on purpose. Whoa, Angie. I think that lucid dreaming is a topic that people get really curious about. It does interest me greatly, but when my mom says not to try something out, I trust her gut. The next story comes from Andrea Z, who visited a haunted house in Ontario, Canada. This is a bit of a long one, but hopefully worth it. It still gives me the creeps thinking about it. A few years ago, an ex-boyfriend, we'll call him Cam, had heard from his realtor that there was a haunted house in our hometown in Ontario, Canada. Knowing I'm a fan of all things paranormal, he set up a viewing for the house and asked if I wanted to come along. Obviously, I couldn't say no. The realtor, we'll call her Amy, told us that the last time she set up a viewing for the house, she had arrived a little later than the family. While they waited for her, the family decided to walk around the house and check out the property. Once in the backyard, they looked up at the back of the house and saw an old man looking out of the second floor window. The old man appeared to be quite angry that the family was in his yard. The family quickly walked back to their car and called Amy. We thought you said the house was empty, said the father of the family. Amy replied, it is, it's been vacant for five years. Needless to say, the family canceled their viewing. It was the perfect day to view a haunted house. It was raining and dreary outside. Once we got there, Amy opened the lockbox, took out the key, and put the lockbox back together before letting us in the house. This will be relevant. The house felt very heavy. It did not have any warm or inviting vibes whatsoever. The first strange thing was the fact that the lights turned on and off, but there hadn't been any hydro in the house for at least a year or two, according to Amy. There were little occurrences there that made us second-guess ourselves. Did we turn on that light? Was that door closed when we walked past it before? Things like that. But the strangest slash terrifying thing was when we checked out the upstairs bathroom. The bathroom had a strange layout. It was an L-shape. There was a bathtub on your left, the sink was straight ahead, then you had to turn right to see the toilet. Beside the toilet was the staircase to go up into the attic. This room gave the three of us goosebumps as soon as we walked in. I felt sick to my stomach. 
It was so creepy in there. Being a bit of a coward, Cam opted not to check out the attic. So Amy went first, then I was close behind her. About four stairs from the top, I heard her gasp. I asked her what happened. She quietly said, nothing, and kept walking up the stairs. I looked over her right shoulder and saw what looked like an old man in a plaid shirt and jeans, half crouching, half leaning against the slanted ceiling. And he looked pissed. I blinked and he was gone. With my heart in my throat, I asked Amy if she gasped because she saw that man. She said, yes. We quickly turned and ran down the stairs, past Cam, down the second set of stairs to the first floor. Once Cam got to the first floor, we explained what happened. We decided to leave. When Amy went to put the key back in the lockbox, the front portion of the box was missing. Both Cam and I saw her put it back on before we entered the house. She kept saying, I always put it back together. I never just take the front part with me. We looked around the door in the front garden but couldn't find anything. All of a sudden, Cam's face goes pale and he says, I don't know how I know this, but it's on the counter in the kitchen. I ran back in the house to check and sure enough, there it was, on the counter. Out of the corner of my eye, I see something moving quickly around the corner into the living room. I book it out of the house, hand the lockbox piece to Amy and jump in Cam's car. Cam walks Amy to her car and then gets in his car. We're driving back to my house, talking about everything that just happened when his phone rings. It's Amy. She sounded shaken up and asked us to meet her at an open house she's headed to. We get there and she proceeded to tell us that after locking the house up, she got into her car. She was on her phone answering texts and emails for a few minutes. When she went to leave, she looked over and sitting on her passenger seat was the front piece of the lockbox. Cam watched her put the lockbox together after I gave her the piece I found in the kitchen. Amy said she doesn't just carry pieces of lockboxes around. They come together and she keeps them together. She was so shaken, she refused to go back to the house and check. She was going to call a realtor friend to go over to the house and check to make sure the house was locked. To Cam's horror, I offered for us to go back and check for her. My roommate at the time was also into paranormal things and I knew she would want to hear everything and check out the house too. So the three of us went back to the haunted house. Sure enough, the house was locked up with the lockbox intact. We got the lockbox code from Amy so we could go back into the house. My roommate brought some smudge with her. She ended up smudging the whole house. I'm not sure if she got rid of the angry man or the bad energy or both, but Something worked because within three months, the house sold. Looking back, it was a weird dynamic. The man that haunted the house clearly didn't want anyone at the house or on the property, but it was also like the house was trying to draw people to it. There were a lot of rumors about the house and the old couple that lived there previously. Some say the wife went missing and it was suspected that the man killed her. Others say the woman hung herself in the basement and the husband disappeared. I wasn't able to find anything in local papers about the couple, so I'll chalk up the stories to urban myths. Regardless, 
something happened to make that angry spirit stick around and cause that awful energy in the house. Sorry for the novel. I love your show. Andrea, that is so freaky. I had literal goosebumps on my arm while I was reading your story and then having to repeat your story out loud only confirms that I think my house is haunted. I don't want to get into it yet. I'll talk about it later whenever I get more evidence, I think. But I really want to know the story with the entity that haunts that home or haunted that home since it's gone now. Stories like these are why I want to go on a paranormal investigation trip, kind of like how MTV Fear used to do it. Spooky Tales will be paused so you can hear a word from our sponsor. Care-of is a subscription service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized for your specific health needs. You take a short quiz and answer questions about your diet, lifestyle, fitness, and health goals, and Care-of puts together a personalized plan just for you. Get back into a healthy routine. Give yourself support this season with a boost, whether you're looking for energy, uh, me, better sleep, definitely me, to maintain stress or something else to help you feel your healthiest. Care-of has a really cool and quick online quiz. You answer easy questions like how much sleep are you getting? Are you looking for more energy? Yes. Do you need something to help you support your weight management? Yes. Or healthy hair, skin, and nails? Yes, yes, and yes. It gets really personalized. Care-of delivers daily vitamin and supplement packs all customized to your recommendations so you're only taking what you really need. You can modify your subscription at any time when your needs or preferences changes. Care-of now offers protein powders available in individual packets for on-the-go and tubs, all personalized to your fitness goals and dietary preferences. For 25% off your first Care-of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter It's Haunted. Once again, for 25% off your first Care-of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter It's Haunted. And now, back to the spooky tales. Anyways, Diana brings our final story of the show. I'm telling you guys, there is just something about siblings sharing a room that makes things a little extra haunty. Hi, Lainey. I'm such a huge fan of this podcast. My name is Diana, and I'm not sure if my story really means anything, but here you go. When I was about eight, I used to share a room with my older sister, who really didn't believe in ghosts or spirits. The door from our room would slowly open and close as if someone were pushing it. After a few years, my sister moves on to her college campus, and I stayed in the same room. By this time, I was 12 and remodeled the whole room, including getting a bigger bed. I know this all doesn't seem important, but it is. One night, I was trying really hard to fall asleep, and the next thing you know, I was, but it didn't feel like it. I kept looking around my room and saw this shelf with a stuffed animal on it, and one of them came to life and just started talking to me, saying, Get up, Diana. Get up. That's when I was trying to pick up my body, but I couldn't. I just felt like I was sinking into my bed, yelling for help, but I realized that I had lost my voice. Then, I decided to look around, and that's when I saw this dark figure at the side of my bed, and I just kept yelling, 
but my voice had come back, but in a demonic tone that I've only ever heard in movies. I was able to fall off my bed and crawl to the door. Once I was out of my room, I was only able to hold all of my body weight once I was out of the room. But for some reason, the whole house was decorated in Christmas decorations and all my family members were there just staring at me. I was trying to tell them what had just happened, but no one believed me. So I just walked back to my room and laid back down just hearing that stuffed animal laughing at me. That's when I woke up for real this time. And the first thing I did was check the time and it was 3.30 a.m. And that just freaked me out even more. That was my first experience with sleep paralysis and I absolutely hated it. A couple of years later, I finally moved out of that room and into the master bedroom with my sister who had come back. Nothing had happened until now. A month ago, she had moved in with her boyfriend and left me alone again. We have a cat that loves to climb on anything she can, so it was about 11.30 p.m. and I was getting ready for bed when I heard my cat screaming in the closet. But her scream was so human-like that it woke up everyone in the house. I didn't sleep in my room that night. I'm sorry if this is really long, but this was all trapped in my head and I really needed to let it all out. And your show let me do that, so thank you. Diana, what the actual heck? That story was insane and unexpected. It sounds like a mix of sleep paralysis, which is terrifying on its own, and then you have an actual haunting. I don't play with stuffed animals. I hate them so much. And I definitely believe that spirits inhabit them and can manipulate them. So whatever it was, was definitely interested in messing with you in your dreams, where you're definitely the most vulnerable, which makes that realization even more terrifying. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode. If you would like to submit your own spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You guys have gotten us to the top of the charts in the history section, so I really appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, on Instagram, it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Audio engineering was provided by Ches Gray, who manages Gray Multimedia. The official composer for the show is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that?